podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Hi folks, Tino here with the warm-up show ahead of Celtic v Motherwell in the Premier Sports League Cup quarter-final. James, a short trip to First Park, but potentially a tricky one to negotiate. What's your initial thoughts ahead of this one? Yeah, I think initial thoughts are we need to be careful on rotation versus ambition. You know, this is our trophy, Angie's first trophy, so we've got to make sure we've got the, the team set out to, to achieve that, to get through to the next round. Yeah, definitely. Um, was watching Andy's press conference just before coming on. So, injury update first of all, kind of as you were from the weekend. So, still no Jota, um, which is a wee bit concerning. Um, thought it was maybe just a bit of muscle fatigue, but it seems to have taken a bit longer than hoped. Turnbull's still out as well, and longer term, Callum McGregor and Carol Starfelt. They because of the World Cup, it's obviously a bit of a kind of disrupted program. So the semi-finals of this tournament won't be till after the World Cup. So I think sometime potentially February. So different from last time around. But Ange himself says he's looking no further than Motherwell. He was asked, obviously, if he was pleased to get the six goals against Hibs, and of course he was. But he said that nothing's changed in recent weeks in terms of how Celtic prepare. They continue to create chances, and that's the main thing. He said there would be a bigger worry if they weren't doing that. So any thoughts on that, general chat? It's kind of where we've been as as a collective ourselves. Um, of course, we want the, the goals to come, and they did on Saturday. But we've been generally satisfied by the play and the way Angie set his teams up, creating the chances, not getting the goals. Now we're getting the goals, so this is a really important game to, but you know, start picking up some momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the the players should be feeling confident after the the six goals at the weekend. Angie was saying that at least a couple of the goals were deflected efforts. So from memory, James Forrest's hat-trick goal and Jack Amaka's second goal, they've taken deflections. And Ange says these are the same things that in recent weeks they've taken the deflection and gone the other way, you know, other side of the post. So sometimes that can happen in football and the the luck was with us on Saturday and hopefully that will continue moving forward. In terms of Motherwell, um, very patchy form at best. So in the last round, they beat Inverness 4-0. in the League Cup, thanks to a Kevin Van Veen hat-trick. But since then, they've played six league games, losing four, drawing one, and winning one. It's patchy form at best, but with a striker like Van Veen, you've always got a chance, haven't you? Yeah, I think he's a good striker, you know, particularly for, for Motherwell. Um, good big, big physical guy, but I kind of in the Sutton mode where he's got a good touch as well. He's not just a big cat horse that's throwing, throwing himself about. He can be physical but he's got a decent touch on him. He knows where the goal is. So, I mean, I would say that two of, two of his hat-trick goals are from the penalty spot. They still count, but they're not open play open play goals. And that's been Motherwell's biggest issue this year. I don't think they've scored from open play at Fir Park all year, all season. Yeah, I think that was a start from, from the weekend, which is a horrible start from a Motherwell point yeah, of view. Um, your home ground. Goals are goals and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm a, I suppose it's the opposite um, situation from Celtic. Celtic continue to create and convert chances in open play. Motherwell, for however they're setting up, seem to be struggling to do so. Um, I agree with you on Van Veen. I think he's a good striker. He's got 10 goals for the season, seven in the league, three in the league cup. And it's probably fairly rare for Motherwell to have a striker getting into, what's this, mid-October with double figures under his belt. So he's definitely going to be a threat. 
would you expect that they park the bus and, and play off Van Veen when they can, or do you think they might be a wee bit more expansive given that it is a cup tie? I think they'll be like Ross County. I think they'll come out. You know, they'll, they'll try and play football. They'll be physical, which we didn't see on Sunday. You know, they'll, they'll be putting the, the challenges in and seeing what they can get away with, seeing where they can, you know, push the referee. Um, so it'll be a mixture of physicality and a wee bit more open play compared to uh, how they played against Rangers there. I thought overall their, their desire levels were, were pretty strong in that game, but it was a quality. You know, when they had the ball and the amount of possession they lost, the lack of guile to build attacks and actually get it into the final third and give Van Veen something to, to pounce on. Um, I'm saying I'm saying that now and then. Obviously, they, they completely change when it's a cup game and against us. Um, so I think it'll be tricky enough, but I think they'll be like Ross County, they'll be a, little, a lot more open tonight than they were on Sunday. Yeah, I think they do lack a real bit of quality and cutting edge between the, the midfield and the strikers. So the midfield, they've got the guy Sean Goss, who kind of floats around, but he's not hugely effective. Quite like the young guy Tierney, is it Ross Tierney? He's, he's quite industrious, but I do raw. think over the piece, sorry? He's a bit raw. Yeah, and I think over the piece, they maybe just lack that quality. Out with Van Veen, you know, he can't do it all himself, so that'll be an interesting um, spectacle to see how they how they go. They, they do have some aggressive centre-backs, so the likes of Ricky Lamy, Beavis Mugabe, if he's playing, and you know it could be quite a physical encounter first and foremost. And on that note, I suppose it's a continuation of the the chat that myself, yourself, and Muff had at the the weekend about Jackamakis versus Kyogo. But I would suggest, and and I, I know you've kind of banged the drum for it. This seems more of a game for Jackamakis, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons. I mean, it might be even if he hadn't been playing on Saturday, scoring two goals, it might still be in the right game for him. But he's got a wee bit of, you know, form there. You want to capitalise on that. Kyogo's slightly off form, which we want to encourage Kyogo back to form. Um, but I think the way is, uh, Jacko for the first 60 and Kyogo for the last 30. Yeah, and I think most would, would agree with that at this moment in time. So Jack and Marcus is obviously now got three in his last two domestic games. And obviously that huge winner against St. Johnson, so very important. His confidence should be in a decent place. And Kyogo, although he's not a striker that generally lacks confidence, he has got one goal in 10. And from that point of view alone, form should play some part. And, and I do think Angel give Jack and Marcus the nod. He was asked the question in the press conference. I think he gets asked it at least every second press conference, if not every single one. And he's generally responded with he'll pick the team he feels is best suited to win any given game. So I think I'd be surprised if he doesn't start Jack and Marcus. But, you know, generally speaking, I'm usually quite happy whoever he goes with. But it does feel like this one's set up for, for Jacko. Um, he'll have half an eye on Saturday as well. So obviously we've got the lunchtime kickoff at Tynecastle against Hearts. You know, tricky game and... You'd certainly argue it's a more important game than this one, albeit they're all important. So do you think we'll see a wee bit of rotation tonight with that in mind? And and if so, who would you like to see a bit more of? Is it, you know, is it the guys like Abelgard, Bernabe, who's come in and done well recently, or even Gucci, who's made the bench? So I've, I've got Gucci on my bench, the kind of rotation that I mean, do you want me, do you want me to give you my starting eleven? Yeah, go for it. So rotation at the goalie spot, so Segrist. You know, see how he's progressing along. You know, they must be putting a lot of coaching into him, so I'm keen to see how he's developing his game. We know he's a good goalie, but can he play the way Ange wants to play and build from the back like Hart's been doing? Um, 
Juranovic, I think, needs a good 90 minutes. So, himself for Ralston. Carl Vickers, can't see him getting rotated anytime. Uh, so, he's he's in his um, right centre half. Bringing Welsh in for Jens to give him some uh, some minutes. I would keep Bernard left back for much the same reason as Jack Amakis. You know, he's on, on form. Let's see if he can build some momentum in his own play. So, keep him there. Um, rotation in the midfield. We need to see what Abelgard can do. And this is a chance for it. So I'd put him in the six with O'Reilly and wait for it. Moy. I know you like that. Azza. Yeah. So Moy in there. Um, I think a badder for the same reasons as Juranovic needs a good 90 minutes or a, a good 60, 70 minutes anyway. So sorry, JFC. Hat <laughs> trick, 100 goals, bench. Um, I think a, a badder needs some game time. Jack and Marcus, as we discussed, and man in the moment, Haksibanovic on the left. Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't think too many fans would be unhappy at that. And I think that's the position we find ourselves in that when we do, or when Ange chooses to rotate, you're bringing in, you know, quality. You know, you know you're not bringing in someone who's seriously weakening what you're doing. Um, I mean, we're in an interesting position here where James Forrest got a hat trick and, yeah, might find himself out of the team. Like you, I'm keen to see Abelgard. I think he's definitely got something about him. He said, uh, I suppose, a fairly tough introduction to things coming off the bench. Uh, away in Leipzig that was a, a bit of a tough introduction to, to life yeah. at Celtic and he's not actually featured as much as I thought he might have done in the, the week or two that's passed since then um, and I think tonight would be a very good opportunity the goalie one's an interesting one I hadn't actually been been thinking about that I'd been thinking more outfield but it's it's a perfect opportunity to give Seagrest a chance isn't it? It is I mean just typical response was you know, Scott Baines training well um, Olivier Yemi's training well and Hart's bang on form so much like the Kilo answer I'll pick the team on the day but you know tonight's got to be a game for Segrist I would say much in the same line as Abelgard if not now then when yeah yeah. the more I think about it I think he he very possibly will go for that um, the only one I disagree with you notably on is, is James Forrest not from my point of view I just think that Ange will stick with him James Forrest the kind of guy who in recent years of his Celtic career, he's found wee purple patches of form and he's gone on wee kind of goal runs as such. And I wonder if just at the moment, given his hat trick at the weekend, and you'll just keep him in, help him, you know, keep ticking along. And he should be absolutely flying confidence-wise. And I think he'll get the nod tonight and I think he'll have every chance to go and make it 100 assists as well as 100 goals for Celtic. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. If it was based purely on form and I wasn't looking to rotate and look at the players who were slightly off form and, and building some confidence in them. James A. starts, definitely. I just think Abad is he's out of form by his own high standards and I think he needs a start and some game time to to combat that. But if you're choosing it purely on not even who deserves to be there, but who's your strongest 11, I think James A. is ahead of Abad in that regard. Yeah, he might well be just at, at this very moment in time. Um Looking at the bigger picture of the League Cup, so obviously it was it was hugely important to Ange and the players last year. It was the, the first bit of silverware that they picked up. And obviously it's in the first half of the year, so December I think the final was. And it definitely gave validation to everything that Ange was doing up until that point. I think the players bought in pretty early, but silverware tells its own story. And I think the moment they lifted a trophy, a few of the players, the, the message will have been reinforced that if you do what I ask you to do, you'll be successful. So obviously there'll be a big focus on retaining the trophy. I'd mentioned that generally speaking, Saturday against Hearts in the league in general is of course more important, but 
this will be important to Angie and the players as well. It really is, you know. Um, silverware is, is so important for, for that, that validation. And this is a new iteration of, of Angie's team. You know, there's a lot of different faces there compared to this time last year. So the ones, the new ones won that validation too, as much as their teammates will tell them they want to go and show that they can help take this team to silverware. Hearts is, is a, you know, a game we really need to be so up for. You know, we need three points there and, and no messing. So that that's why I, you know, I would say there's a mild bit of rotation in, in my first living with an eye on, on Hearts at the weekend and also with an eye on getting guys up to speed. Yeah, I think you, know, you make a good point there that there's various guys in the team who haven't won a trophy at Celtic. So if you come from the back looking at guys like Burnaby, Jens, Abelgaard, Haksabanovic, these are guys who, 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 you know, Celtic as a general is brand new to them. And they'll be keen, you know, for the first possible opportunity to, to add silverware, won't they? Of course, you know, any tournament that the players are in, if there's silverware at the end of it, you know, they want to win it. That's why they're in football, um, particularly in a new environment and a new style of play. There's, there's all the reasons. And you've got just the two you mentioned there, Bernard and Haksabanovic, really starting to come to form. So I think they'll be two key players to, tonight. Yeah, they could well be. Um, so it's a big opportunity, a big chance to get to Hamden. As I mentioned, the, the semi, I don't think, is until February. So big opportunity. But Ange, again, speaking in the press, press conference, says that he's not looking any further than than what's what's in store tonight. And on that note, James, looking for your scoreline prediction, I think, if I've remembered correctly, did you say 4-0 on the weekly show? I did. We stick with that. Stick with that. Nothing's, to them. nothing's changed in the last, I don't know, 24, 40 hours for you? Oh, even I've been sketched out that starting eleven. I still think that's that's a really strong attacking team. Um, Moy had two assists from the weekend there. It was his best game for Celtic. I still think he needs to sharpen up a bit. He was caught in possession a couple of times with his just his laconic style, you know, strolling about and guys just run up behind him and you know nick the ball away from him. So if he irons that out, um, then I think we'll do well. But that, that's an attacking team. Jack and Marcus, a couple of goals. Hags a couple of goals. Yeah, and you see it as a good opportunity for Haksabanovic to open his account? Yeah, it's as good a time as any. Um, it's been coming. He's, he's been our key man for me in the last few games. Uh, everything you want to see in an Ange team is coming through Haksabanovic. Just that real attacking style with, with a variety of you know ways to get into the box, whether it's himself. Ridiculously pinpoint crosses. Ridiculous pinpoint crosses he puts in. Um, one that the header kill goal missed against Leipzig and the goal James he scored his first on Saturday. The balls that he put in for them were just outstanding. So, yeah, it's, it's lined up nicely for him. Yeah, he's a talented guy and he's, he's an exciting player to watch and, and hopefully tonight's the, the first of many goals for Celtic. I, I'm not too far away from you in terms of predictions. I've gone for 3-0 and I do think Jack Amakis as well as Haksabanovic will, will play their part tonight. Jack and Marcus will see this as a, a real opportunity. He'll it, it, line up in the first couple of minutes against somebody like Ricky Lamy, and he'll be, be rubbing his hands at the prospect because that is his game. He likes that that physicality, he likes that challenge, and I think more often than not, he comes out on the, the positive side of it. So, yeah, 3-0 Celtic, Jack and Marcus and Haksabanovic to play a, a key part for me. Uh, final thoughts, James, as we start to wrap this one up? This is us, you know, just entering the, the middle of the madness. You know, all, all these games we've got to play in October. So, Europe aside, European results even aside, European 
play and European form in, in terms of how, how we're playing Angie's game has been decent, but the results haven't been there. But outside of that, you know, they're, they're, they're playing well, we're getting the points, and particularly from Saturday, that's the launch pad to, to take us forward. Yeah, I think Anne says that including tonight, we've still got eight games in 24 days. It's a relentless programme, isn't it? Yeah, that, that really is the modern game, you know, and it's it's why we speak about Angie's first 18, not his first 11, because those seven players, will, 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 14 players rather, will rotate through the squad and get you through. Um, and I was really heartened to hear, I always thought it would be the case anyway, but Ange talking about, we know what we're doing in January already. Never heard a Celtic manager talking like that. Yeah, that, <laughs> that was particularly pleasing because as much as when you you take a glance at the Celtic squad just now, it's more or less all new guys, you know, at least in the last kind of 12 to 18 months, out with guys like Callum McGregor and James Forrest. And it's interesting, you made the point in the weekly show that it'll be time to say farewell to some of our new heroes. Some guys will move on, whether it's January or, or next summer, you know, it might be, I don't know, guys like Juranovic have been mentioned, Matt O'Reilly, different guys with, with speculation around them. That's the modern game, but as opposed to, you know, previous Celtic management teams and, you know, scouting and boardroom teams, you've got a situation just now where there's a bit of confidence around the fans that if we do happen to lose some stars, there's some new guys waiting in the wings to come in and, and take their place. Yeah, and it's not along the lines of, oh, we've lost someone, we need to do something. It's, we're going to sign someone because we know we've had some approaches and it's, you know, almost done and dusted that that guy's going to go and we can use that money to recycle. I don't really know if we'll lose too much in January. I think it'll be more for the summer, um, albeit there's a lot of activity in England because keeping yourself in the Premiership is, is such a big thing or getting yourself out of the Championship into the Premiership. So they do like to to make fairly big signings at that time to either shore up your season or push, push yourself into playoffs. So you could see an O'Reilly uh, type of move, but I think Celtic will be looking to retain players. I think the biggest thing in January is a striker. I think we'll sign another striker uh, alongside Jack and Max and Kyogo, someone that will you know, blend in the, the last six months of the season with a view to exploding next year. Yeah, yeah, it'll be exciting to see you know what Ange and the team decide uh, in terms of who comes in, but it's, it's just good to know that there's work in progress there. But as I mentioned, a lot of football between now and then as well. 24 days, 8 games, so lots of points to be, to be won and lost. So Celtic have the chance to book a place at Hamden in the semi-finals if they can get past Motherwell in this one. But Ange won't be allowing the players to look any further ahead than Fur Park tonight. We'll be back with you shortly after the final whistle to give you all the post-match reaction. But in the meantime, from myself and James, thanks for tuning in. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.